Danny grazed up from under my hood and he shook his head and said, This ain't good. The timing belt's done shrunk, one size too small. No spark plug wires are a little too long and your main prod spawner's nearly gone. Your injector ports are stripped and that ain't all. Torque converters running low on torque and that water pump's nearly down a quart. We caught it all in time, so you're in luck. He said, I've got the time and I've got the parts. Just give me the word and I'm ready to start. I think we can bring her in for 800 bucks. And this is Dan Watson sitting in tonight for Jay Zimbauer with this edition of Car Time Radio. It's great to be back. Haven't been here in a little while, and uh, sure is good to be back taking questions. Now, as usual for me, I am a certified lubrication specialist. I am not an ASE certified mechanic. So when you have those mechanic questions, save them for the master himself, Jay Zimbauer, when he comes back, and he'll answer them in all kinds of detail that will wow anybody. Now, for me, I'll take your questions that have anything to do with lubrication, fuel additives, antifreeze, transmission fluid, gear lube, boat, motor oil, lawnmower oil, tractor oil, anything that uh, moves and gets lubricated, I'll entertain questions on that. Now, as I said, I am a certified lubrication specialist, and I'm also local business owner of uh, distrib- distributing of AMSOIL Synthetics. So we'll get everything out front of who I am and where I'm coming from, and I'll be glad to answer your questions. Now, during the week, I get questions, and I've got a few of them written down here, uh, that uh, I get via email. And I get quite a few but, uh, through my webpage, and that webpage is simple. It's thelubepage.com, real simple, thelubepage.com. So if you have questions that you think of and you don't have a chance to call in here, you can easily go to that website, send me a question, and I'm pretty good within one to two days of getting you a written answer back on those questions. And I'll give you an example of a couple of ones, the types that I get when I answer a couple here in the beginning of the show. But as always, it's your calls that make the show. And I remind you that the number here, 407-916-5400, or toll-free, 855-545-1025. And we'll take your calls and answer your questions. Now, one of the questions that I've gotten... In this last week, just recently, was the gentleman said that he has a 2010 BMW. And he goes on to say, am I required to use a European-type oil, or can I just use a uh, regular-style oil that you can buy anywhere? Now, I picked these questions out on purpose because I get a number of them, but I select the ones out that I think may apply to the most people. And the answer on that is... Real simple. You have a European car. You need to pay close attention to what it says in your owner's manual for the oil specification for your car. And then once you figure that out, wherever you go to have your oil changed or service done on your vehicle, you need to specifically ask those attendants at that place uh, to show you that they have the certified European auto oil for your car. Now, you might say, what in the world can be different about a car made in Europe or made in the United States that we would have different oil? Well, 
In reality, lubrication is lubrication the world around. But on the other hand, it's the add-on things, the type of exhaust systems that are installed on BMWs, Mercedes, Volvos, Peugeots, Volkswagens. These are sophisticated, high-tech, anti-pollution exhaust systems. And unfortunately, the oil has to be made to a standard that it's not going to allow a carryover of oil and additives in the oil that would literally poison and destroy these exhaust systems. Now, I got to tell you, it'll just rock your mind how much it costs to replace these exhaust systems on a BMW or a Mercedes. I don't have the exact numbers on the the cars that get down like the Peugeot or or the Volvo or those, but You can spend yourself $10,000 replacing the complete total exhaust system on a Mercedes, and you can come close to that in a BMW. And if you use the wrong oil, um, you'll get to pay for it. They won't pay for it under warranty, and they can tell because when they cut the catalytic converters open to see what's gone wrong, they can scrape the residue off of them, have it analyzed, and determine that it's oil additive components, and then it's your baby. You bought it. So it would be in your best interest to stick with the warranty requirement oil specifications so that if anything goes wrong with that wonderful car, because I'll tell you, the engineering that's in these German cars is just, well, BMW was Bavarian Motor Works actually came out of an aircraft industry. So everything in that uh, automobile manufacturing began and still remains manufactured closer to aircraft specifications than automotive specifications. So you get wonderful, incredible engineering. And our only job is to make sure that we stick with the program, lubricate it with the correct oils, and it'll continue to function many years down the road in tip-top condition. So back to the, the question specifically, yes, you must use a European certified oil. And you can look on most of the bottles now, and they should start to say, and you're looking for a classification that is ACEA, and then it'll have some other uh, designation after it, such as B1, B2, uh, C1, C3, whatever it is, it starts with that ACEA designation. Now, some companies have gone far enough in the market, such as Amsoil Synthetics, to make oils that are labeled as European auto oil so there's no confusion that you've bought an oil that meets the European test. But even in those, there are three different classifications of European auto oil that has to be met. And the guys that seem to run us around in the biggest circles are the Volkswagen guys. They, they have almost changed specs on a yearly basis. So you're constantly having to check the formulation of the oil, modify it slightly to meet their latest specs because I don't know, they just must have a team of guys over there sit around the table and, and discuss how can we change the oil this year to make all those oil guys go crazy because they do. They change it constantly, but it's important to meet that specification. Now, if you look at 
American oil, North American oil, um, we have an API, American Petroleum Institute, classification system. That's fine. But they have tried to use this system in this country where one shoe fits all. And it is really stretched to its limit because um, in some cases it's perfectly fine. In other cases, it is barely meeting the minimum specification for the application it's going into. So it even in American cars, it's a good idea to look in your manual and see what the Ford spec is, the Chrysler spec is, the GM spec. GM was so concerned about it, they came out with a specification called Dexos. Dexos 1, now they're at Dexos 2. And that was because GM said, hey, look, the the quality of the oil to meet the minimum API spec is not good enough to meet GM spec. So we're going to make one that it's going to have to meet. And a lot of oils don't meet it. So if you've got a new GM car last five years and you look at the bottle on the shelf and it does not show Dexos 1, now coming out Dexos 2, but at least Dexos 1, that's not for your GM vehicle. It doesn't meet the spec. Don't use it. Okay, GM is telling you they want a more robust additive package and a better quality oil in their cars. And there's a reason for that. And when we come back from the break, we're going to head on a break here and pay a few bills. When we come back, I'll give you some insights into what that light that comes on your dash that says it's time to change your oil or your oil is 70% uh, used up, how that little booger works so that you have a better understanding of what it's doing. And that's what really drove GM to the Dexos uh, designation. So we'll take a break and be back right after these messages. And welcome back to Car Time Radio. Dan Watson sitting in for Jay Zimbauer tonight. As I said earlier, I am a certified lubrication specialist answering your questions on lubrication issues. I'm not an ASE certified mechanic, so save those questions for Jay when he's back next week. Now, I was discussing in the first segment the requirements where in North American oil with the American Petroleum Institute, We have certifications for oil, classifications such as for gasoline, we're now at the SN rating. We started all the way back at the SA rating and back in the 70s. And with diesel engine oils, we're at the CF4 classification. Now, many of the independent manufacturers make their own specifications because they want better than the minimum standard that's certified by the API. For example, Caterpillar, Cummins, and uh, Detroit Diesels all have specification numbers for oil to meet their tighter specifications than the general specification. Now, in the gasoline side, you have Dexos, which GM instituted a few years back, in order to try to guarantee that they would get a higher quality oil in their cars. Now, what drove this at GM was they began to install the uh, system that would tell you when to change your oil. The light would come on, or you could test it, and it would say, hey, your oil is 70% consumed, and those types of um, information signals to you. And then it would tell you, finally, it's time to change your oil. Well, many people make the false assumption 
that that system somehow does a chemical test on your oil. It does not. It never even touches your oil. The way it works is like many things that we design. It has a thing called an algorithm. And what an algorithm is, is it is a mathematical equation that inputs come into this equation, the variables, and then it'll give an answer. Now, the way it works is if all conditions were perfect, the right temperature, no excessive acceleration, no excessive gas consumption, no restricted airflow, all these things that it senses because that computer that's running that fuel system on the vehicle senses all these things anyway. So they tie it into the computer, and they start out saying, if things were perfect, this oil should last 10,000 miles. But for everything that it senses that's outside of the perfect parameter, it is designed to subtract miles from that 10,000 base that it starts with. So if you drove your car consistently at 80 miles an hour, and that was above the standard that was put in the vehicle that it expected the car to run no higher than 70, then every time you're driving 80 miles an hour, it's actually subtracting from the original 10,000-mile life of the oil. It keeps subtracting down numbers, okay? If you live in a climate that gets very hot, and so your engine runs a lot of times uh, at more severe temperatures, it begins to subtract mileage. If you live in a very cold climate where the engine starts up and it takes it 20 minutes to warm up, that entire time it's warming up, it's subtracting miles from that uh, 10,000 miles it started with. So all it is is a mathematical system to estimate how well your oil is and how much life is left in it. Now, what GM discovered was that with normal rated engine oils, their algorithm was overestimating the life of the oil. The oil was being uh, used up, so to speak, worn out, before their system said, you need to change your oil. And that caused them a lot of heartburn because they have to go back out, reprogram the computers to cut down on how much it thought the oil could go. So when they came out with their Dexos 1, one of the things that did for them was to give them a baseline of the quality of the oil that would go in the engine so that the oil monitoring system could accurately, or at least more accurately, tell you when you needed to change your oil. So there's a lot of reasons why these specifications move around. Um, Detroit Diesel, Caterpillar, Cummins Diesel, these guys set specifications because uh, they want to make sure that the oil that goes in their components is very high quality and cannot possibly contribute to any type of early uh, wear or demise of the engine. And what we find now is that many of the manufacturers, for example, Toyota, past four or five years now, uh, their specification is is that you're required to use a synthetic engine oil to meet their warranty. They are synthetic from bumper to bumper. Why would they require such a thing? Because they decided they were tired of having to pay warranty issues because people were using substandard oil, and they they came to the conclusion that at least if we require a synthetic engine oil, they'll at least use an oil that meets our requirement because many of the petroleum oils are very weak 
on the, on the side of actually meeting the requirements. Now, that's not to say when you buy somebody's oil that well-known names like Valvoline, Texaco, uh, Chevron, these kind of guys, they're going to make the oil that's going to do what they say it's going to do. But I don't think that the, the public knows how much aftermarket manufacturing is going on right now by people who are producing incredibly low-quality products and selling them out in the marketplace. You just have to be careful. Don't take a chance. It's too expensive. I think everybody knows that the, the repair cost now, it's $100 an hour almost anywhere you go for a mechanic. I was talking to a person uh, from Texas just last night in my business, and he surprised me because we were talking about repairs, and he said he just had his car in to a dealership by Fort Hood, Texas, and the dealership was $131 an hour was the cost. So the point on this is is that you can't fix these things cheaply. You have to use preventative maintenance and maintain these vehicles so you don't have to repair them. And that means you need to pay attention to all of that maintenance that's in your owner's manual that says it needs to be done and actually say, well, gosh, I probably should have this done. But you can have that done by a good shop like Zimbauer's Automotive or somebody like that. You don't have to go pay the, the kind of cost that it costs to take it over to the dealership and get preventative maintenance done. But you may want to if that's what you want to do. But in any case, make sure you're getting that maintenance done. These cars will last a long time if they're taken care of, but they are really not designed to be abused. And when they cost you money these days, they cost you big money. There's nothing you can do to repair a car that's cheap. There's just nothing. So best plan is to be ahead of it, keep the maintenance up, and as they say, no surprise is the best surprise. Now, I had another question, and I'll get the question out before we go to the break, and then we'll probably answer it when I come back. But this question went along these lines. The gentleman said, I have a 2016 Toyota Camry. The manual says to use 0W20. Shouldn't I use a 20W50 to beat the heat? Okay, now this is a legitimate question. You I know a lot of you out there are probably laughing when you hear a question like that. 20W50, what's he going to do that for? But listen, it's not been many years ago that this idea of using even uh, Castrol ran a commercial, beat the heat, and it was always their Castrol 20W50 GTX to beat the heat, right? So this guy's not off his rocker, but what he's asking is a legitimate question. Isn't it in high-temperature conditions and stuff? Shouldn't I use a thick oil because that will help me protect my car and it won't thin out and it will beat the heat? So what we're going to do is take a break, and when we come back, we'll dig into that because it needs to be answered. It needs to be answered thoroughly. So we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Car Time Radio. Dan Watson filling in for Jay Zembauer tonight. We'll get right back to our information. We're talking about... uh, 2016 Toyota Camry, the owner was concerned that the manual called for 0W20 and that uh, he wanted to know why he shouldn't use or should he use 20W50 to beat the heat here in Florida. Now, in a, in a short answer, uh, no. There's not any uh, functioning in good repair automobile that needs 20W50 engine oil. 20W50 uh, 
for high performance like a racing car, maybe for a street rod, uh, in motorcycles, um, and some other applications. But uh, none of these cars come with any kind of requirement close to 20W50s. If you look at this question on the Toyota, the 0W20, uh, it's possible that you might run a 5W30 or a 0W30 in that application. And maybe a case could be made that you might be getting a little better protection. And if it's a high-performance synthetic, you could probably do it with no problem. The problem you run into with these new cars, several of them have what they call variable valve timing. Okay, In a variable valve timing system, the oil is used in many cases as the hydraulic medium that actually adjusts this variable timing. They do it with some things called phasers. Now, I know, I know, a lot of people just been to Star Wars and all this kind of stuff, and I really thought a phaser was something the Klingons used to shoot at the Vulcans, but it's called a phaser. Now, these things, the company says, now, this is coming straight from the manufacturer, that use of oils that are thicker than recommended by the manufacturer may cause sluggish response and runnability problems associated with the variable valve timing. So now, I'm not telling you that you can't run a 0W30, like an Amsoil 0W30 in that application. I think some people do, and it works fine. But that's because that 100% true chemical-based signature series Amsoil 0W30 has flow characteristics equal to or faster than most of the other 0W20s, okay? That's how you get away with that. But if you went and bought a cheap or a a semi-synthetic 30-weight oil and tried to run it in this application, you might notice, and particularly when you started it up and it was cool, that you might have this sluggish sort of, uh, like your engine just was sick. It wasn't running well. And that would be because the variable valve timing was out of sync with what it's supposed to be doing. See, when you vary the valves, timing. It's like in the old days when I was a kid and they had what they call spark advance systems. You could put in a special spark advance and it would advance the spark fast enough so that you could accelerate quickly. What they do with this variable valve timing, when you cause the valve to open sooner, it can handle higher RPMs because you don't end up floating the valves, that they don't actually get fully shut between the revolutions. Okay, so it's the mechanics can explain that better than me, but what I'm telling you is that you got to be careful, especially going more than just up to maybe a, a 30 weight from a 20 weight. Trying to go to a 40 or a 50, you probably would have the car would probably be shaking and bucking when you started it up because that variable valve timing system would probably be all out of whack. Now, let's go to the 20 weight oil issue for just a moment. If you're going to run the 20-weight oil that the manufacturer requires for your warranty, remember that, I recommend to you that you find a high-quality synthetic 20-weight oil. Now, the reason is simple. When you're driving your car around on the street these days and it has a thermostat temperature in it of 200, 205 degrees, that's the water temperature. Oil 
runs anywhere from 35 to 70 degrees hotter than the water temperature. Otherwise, it can't get rid of its heat. See, the water jacket, when the oil comes down next to the water jacket that's around the heads on the engine, that's where it transfers its heat. Basic heat transfer 101. Heat only transfers from a higher temperature to a lower temperature. If the water's at 205, you can't get anything out of the oil unless it's higher than that. So normal conditions, about a 35-degree delta T, or a difference in temperature between the oil and the water. But as you put on the air conditioner, put the car under a strain, heat it up, drive it, stop and go, pretty soon that oil's running about 70 degrees higher than the water. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, that means oil's running somewhere around 270 degrees, okay, 265, 270. If you go to any chart on oil, you will find that the upper end of what's called the normal operating band for a 20-weight oil is 240 degrees. That's for a petroleum oil, okay, 240 degrees. So what we're saying is that you're running around a great portion of the time with that 20-weight oil operating in the intermittent range. What does that mean? That means that it's subject to, to viscosity breakdown and high oxidation rates, okay? You don't want to be there. So when you get this synthetic and you put it in, say, for example, Mobile or Amsoil, one of these really uh, high-performance synthetics, what you end up with is you raise that temperature. I know the specific number for the Amsoil. You raise that temperature to 350 degrees. So now all of a sudden, the normal operating band has been expanded 60, 70 degrees above as high as you're going to get on your oil temperature, and that's where you want to be. Now the oil does not oxidize. The oil does not lose its viscosity. You have great protection, and the oil is not being beat up. So that's why I'm telling you, if you're going to stick with that, and that's why Toyota says run a full synthetic in that car with that 0W20. That's what they're calling for. The reason they're calling for that is because their engineers know what I'm talking about. They know what they build it for, and they know what it takes to protect it. What you don't want to do is go buy a semi-synthetic or some XYZ unknown glorified petroleum synthetic that will not increase those temperatures. That's what you're trying to do there is make sure. And, you know, Toyota says you have to run an in, a synthetic that will meet the Mobile One synthetic specifications. They say that on purpose because Mobile still the only other company in the business that happens to use what's called polyalpha olefins or PAOs as a synthetic base in the oil. I know that sounds like a lot of jargon, a lot of chemistry, a lot of junk, but it's the truth, and only those true synthetics raise their temperature levels. The glorified petroleum stuff has a hard time getting there, okay? So protect yourself by high-quality 0W20, and I'll tell you, It'll serve you a long time. If you put the right oil in those Toyotas and Hondas, I see them all the time. I talk to people that are wanting to know different things about oil, and they're talking to me with their 350,000 miles on one of these vehicles, and they've never had the engine worked on. They've been running either high-quality synthetic, somebody else's other than Amsoil, like, like Mobil or uh, Castrol Syntec, one of these guys, or even uh, Penzoil Synthetic. But many of them have been running Amsoil because that's the people I deal with. But the point is, if you run the right lubrication, those cars are well-engineered. You run the wrong stuff, they will not treat you well. They will not last long because you will wear, once that 
oil gets too thin, the wear between the ring and the cylinder will be so high you'll start losing compression. By the time that car has 100,000 miles on it, your compression will be so bad that you'll have nothing. I mean, you, you'll have to go get the engine overhauled. So protect yourself, do the right thing, and always stick with good, high-quality oils that you can go on the Internet and read all their specs. It's all there. Any company that's worth its salt will put their data sheets and information on the Internet so you can read them. If they won't put it on the Internet, that means they don't want you to know what's in it. So that's my tip of the day is go do your due diligence and look on the Internet. That's how I get most of my customers. They go do their due diligence. They say, wow, this Amsoil stuff really is pretty good. I go, well, not afraid to put that information on the Internet. You can get all the details and specifications on Amsoil that you want because it's all real. They don't hide anything. All right, so do not use thick 20W50 oil in any of these new cars. Go with what the manufacturer recommends, and if you get into a 20-weight oil, Use a high-quality synthetic engine oil. All right, we're going to head to a break. Let me give you the question we're going to answer when we come back. I like this one. The guy sent in just a real easy question. Is there really any difference in auto oil and motorcycle oil? So when we come back, all you Harley guys and Honda motorcycle guys out there, pay attention and listen because we'll talk about that. We'll be back right after these messages. Under my hood, and he shook his head and said, "This ain't good." Timing belts done shrunk, one size too small. Welcome back to Car Time Radio. Dan Watson sitting in for Jay Zimbauer. Coming into our last segment, and as I told you before the break, the question I have here is: Is there really any difference in auto oil and motorcycle oil? Short answer: Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Here's the problem. Automotive applications, we have a restriction by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, that we are not allowed to put more than 800 parts per million of zinc and phosphorus in automotive oil. Now, the zinc and phosphorus, that's the anti-wear additive that's put in the oil. Why such a restriction? Well, it's because there's a concern that in high oils with high vaporization rates, there may be some carryover of these additives that would go into the catalytic converters and cause damage to the catalytic converters, and they would not function as they're supposed to, and we would be polluting the air. So those are the restrictions for automotive. Now, in motorcycles, there's not currently a requirement for all these motorcycles or any of them to have catalytic converters. So what you have is there isn't a restriction And motorcycles, their engines are not made the same way as automotive engines. And they many times have what we would have referred to over in the auto side of um, solid lifters or cam tappet valve systems rather than roller cams that we see in automotive application. They also many times are using roller bearings instead of babbitt bearings on their uh, crankshafts and and piston connector bearings, connector rod bearings. So the difference is that motorcycles are in need of high zinc and phosphorus for protection of those components. And so when you run an automotive oil in a motorcycle engine, uh, you may end up with some higher wear than uh, you're looking for. 
So all the motorcycle guru people will tell you that you should look for true motorcycle oil that contains adequate zinc and phosphorus to protect those components in the motorcycle. Now, this is where you will find uh, 1040 and 2050 oils because the clearances are larger in the motorcycles. And uh, especially when you get into the Harleys that are air-cooled, not water-cooled, and you even have some applications for 60-weight oil in Harley. So a whole different regime of lubrication requires motorcycle specialty oil, and that's what you should use. You should not go down to the uh, parts store or the big box store and find the cheapest oil you can find on the shelf, which is some automotive oil, and decide that's going to work in your motorcycle because it's not. it will work. You start up right down the road. It's just going to limit the time that you can do that. Eventually, again, you're going to have wear and concerns and considerations and time, and not, not a good idea. Now, Amsoil motorcycle oils, synthetic motorcycle oils, are now number two in the nation for uh, demand in the motorcycle community for synthetic uh, motorcycle oils. Top-notch oils. They have they, all the bells and whistles, everything they're supposed to have. They also have a chemical rust inhibitor in them uh, because a lot of guys, we just you just don't get that bike out there every week like you'd like to, and sometimes it sits for a little while, and uh, you need something to be protecting all of the internals of the engine. So it actually has a true rust and corrosion inhibitor that's added to the oil to protect your motorcycle when it's sitting not in use. Okay, so again... There is a difference between automotive and motorcycle needs, and you need to run a motorcycle oil that is actually truly certified for motorcycle use, not just an automotive oil with another label on it. Now, I had one other question, which I wanted to hit because I know we're running short on time, but this one came up, and it it's always good <laughs> to know this because – Marine engine oils, okay? Talk about it for just a moment. A lot of you guys out there, ladies, you have boats. Well, new marine craft are coming with catalytic converters on them. That's right. They've, they're, they're taking a turn on the marine industry and making them install catalytic converters on four-cycle outboards and inboard outboards or inboards, Okay where you have a regular four-stroke engine. Now, why is that important to you? Because you have to use an engine oil that carries the, the term catalyst certified or catalyst qualified. And the reason for that is is that that catalytic converter, again, can be ruined by very high uh, loads of zinc and phosphorus in the oil and then having an oil that's highly volatile. And what that'll do is you'll carry over, and next thing you know, you've got these catalytic converters aren't working right. Now, you say, well, okay, just let them not work right. Just go on and do what you do. Well, what they do is many times they'll have a signal comes back into the computer. They may even do a limp mode on the engine, not let it run full speed, and uh, they're going to give you uh, an engine trouble light to tell you that something's wrong, and you're probably going to have to deal with it one way or the other. So use catalyst qualified catalyst certified oil okay 
very important for these new marine engines. Now, I want to take just a minute as we're running out of time and tell you, go to thelubepage.com. That's my website, a lot of videos and information there. You can also go online and go to YouTube and just put in Dan Watson, my name, Dan, D-A-N, Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N, and you're going to get into an area where there's about 70 YouTube videos that are there, all about oil, transmission fluid, filtration, all kinds of things, okay? You can find out a lot of information. And on the Lube page, you can send me a question or ask for applications for your car, anything you want. There's a place there to do that, okay? And I would like to make sure everybody here in Central Florida knows that I've been working over the last year or so, trying, and I've I've accomplished most of it. Almost every Ace Hardware store in Central Florida now has AMSOIL in those stores. That's been my project, pet project, for the past three or four years. But I'm, I'm reaching a level where I can tell you, check your local Ace store out because we're working hard to get the products in there and they can order anything they don't have on the shelf. And so for years we've tried to be able to tell you of a reliable place that you can go and find AMSOIL without running all over the place trying to run it down. Ace Hardware here in Central Florida, as far as up to Ormond Beach, and I'm working on further down in Polk County. But here in Central Florida, it's pretty well set up, and you can go into an Ace Hardware store and get what you need or order it through the store and get what you need. So it's been great, and Jay should be back next week. And always, I just uh, enjoy coming in here and answering these questions and giving some information about lubrication. So until next time, keep rolling. Shrunk, one size too small. No spark plug wires are a little too long, and your main prod spawner's nearly gone. Your injector ports are stripped, and that ain't all. Your torque converters run.